The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. to another football to the max as we are coming off about uh, I want to say about 45 minutes after the ending of the 20-17 to victory for the Minnesota Vikings over the Chicago Bears ruining the debut of Mitchell Trubisky thanks to a Harrison Smith interception at the Chicago 22-yard line and then subsequent field goal by Kai Forbath, leaving 11 seconds, 12 seconds on the clock. And then the Minnesota Vikings wind up winning. So Vikings win for the second time this year. The story going in, before we get to Mitchell Trubisky's performance, Sam Bradford comes back in this game and has a horrendous first half gets sacked for a safety early on. That's the first two points on the board. And it was the only two points on the board for a long time. And he also gets sacked about two more times after that uh, to both to end drives on, on third. Well, one of them, I think, wound up getting them a field goal anyway, wound up getting the field goal, but... It was 3-2 at the half. 3-2. You sure I was watching football? You know, it was great. The Twins and the White Sox came out. You know, it's October. They put on a little bit of an exhibition. Pitching was great. Had some very timely hitting. Then all of a sudden, a football game broke out out of nowhere. I couldn't understand what it was. I was waiting for the pyro and for the home run calls, the the, the whole big (laughs) to-do. Exactly. Bradford did not look himself in this game at all. Uh, Doesn't help that Stephon Diggs also went out uh, during the game with uh, a thigh groin issue. They were uh, massaging that out on the sideline uh, at one point. Of course, uh, this was also the Murray show after Dalvin Cook out for the year now. And I thought uh, Murray did well running for the most part. Him and McKinnon, I thought, did a good job. 
Uh, Honest thought McKinnon did a little bit better, especially towards the end where, you know, fourth quarter, your defense is tired, although Chicago's front four was still a little bit relentless. McKinnon got some huge runs towards the end. Yeah, he got that 50-yarder that turned into the touchdown. That is uh, what made it 17 to nine, and then uh, you also had the the touchdown uh, for the Vikings earlier that had made it 10-3. This is all after Case Keenum came in, uh, by the way, to spell Sam Bradford, and the team looked much better. Uh, not like you know world beaters or anything, but they were much more efficient. They were running the ball better. Q McKinnon, the Q all that. Yeah, and I mean, that's because you had a healthy quarterback in Case Keenum. Seeing Bradford all throughout that first half, he looked slow, and he looked like he was still hurt. Mm-hmm. And I get the mentality of playing hurt, this and that, but no, when you're holding on to the ball, you're acting a little scared, your head kind of on too much of a swivel, it was just sad. And getting him, seeing him get up and limp around to the huddle, I mean, that's, ugh. I, I get it, but Kate, but honestly, I know what the Vikings are trying to do with Teddy Bridgewater, but he kind of needs to come back. No, I, I think for now, Keenum has showed he's serviceable enough. Yeah. I think Bradford just, you might want to just sit him. I mean, have him there for a backup if you need somebody, obviously. But just have Keenum start until Bradford feels actually good. Maybe you rush them too soon. I mean, at this point, if Keenum can put up performances like this, you're already at week five. If Bradford's not 100% by the time you get to week eight, then why not just ride Keenum out for the rest of the season? Yeah, and with this defense, the way it is, it's, you know, the the great front, the the tremendous secondary that you have, uh, you know, if you take uh, Trey Waynes out of there, who's been the problem for them. And then you got the, you know, uh, Barr and every, everybody else that plays well. Zendaya, so, he can actually catch interceptions. Mm-hmm. And you just... Yeah, it's, you know, the, the one that, I think that's not his fault, that he tipped that in the air. So, uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I think for the most part, Keenum serves this team well, if, especially, and obviously it helps when you have McKinnon running the way he was. Murray was doing, uh, Latavius Murray was doing just fine. And then you have, yeah, I think if Diggs had been able to be there the, the whole game, I think you're you're talking about a different team, obviously, because he can stretch the field. Thielen's, yeah, Thielen's been great too, and just so I mean that team, I think is fine for what it is. It's look, you don't have there are quarterbacks that are better than Keenum, obviously, and when Bradford's healthy, he is better than Keenum, but he's not that right now. And no. if if you're Mike Simmer, you kind of just got to go with, with what brung you. Yeah, I mean, you decided he was going to be the guy behind Sam Bradford. You got rid of Taylor Heineke. I mean, 
he's as you said perfectly, he's serviceable. And with the way that this season is going, serviceable ain't too bad. Yeah, I mean, don't know if you're going to get that kind of production from from everybody every week, but that defense you can certainly count on. You've seen them do it every week last year for the most part. They've done it this year as well. You get uh, Green Bay next week. That should be very interesting how that game goes. But let's focus on the other end of the spectrum here for the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky... For the most part, let, let's take that interception out for a little bit here. That obviously hurts your chances. It's like two two minutes or so left in the game. It's all, It sucks. And it's right there at the 22-yard line, the worst possible situation. You basically made it an easy uh, situation for the Vikings uh, to get the field goal, even though the Bears still sacked Keenum once and made it interesting, but it was always going to be like, how do you not get a field goal other than just him missing it? So taking, mm-hmm. taking that out of the situation, Trubisky was a bit unfortunate. I think you could say in this game because he had two big plays. Well, one of them wasn't him, but Howard ran in for a touchdown early, gets called back for holding. The hold was nothing. There was no hold there. What an awful call by the referee on that. Uh, then you get the big catch where there's really not any. They call offensive pass interference, and it was just the weakest offensive pass interference. I mean, it just like come on, come on now. Well, I don't I mean, know. Someone shared the the tweet. Surprised that the refs aren't throwing flags for the Bears for not being real Bears. I mean, at that point, it was true. It's like, what could you possibly do in those situations? What? Yeah, what? I mean, it, it made it a first and twenty-seven, and almost impossible for Trubisky at that point. I mean, did someone get pissed at the North Carolina game over on Saturday? I I was kind of confused at that one. Yeah, certainly. And then I, you know, I forgot to mention Trubisky had two unfortunate moments. He had the one with about 234 left in the second quarter that they could have gone on a drive to end the half with points. Immediately on the first throw, he doesn't even get to throw the ball because he gets the ball knocked out of his hands. This leads to the only positive points for the Vikings because the ball's on the Chicago 13. And the Bears defense is still able to hold them to a field goal because Bradford, that's one of the times he got sacked. Mm-hmm. So that's one that you could say the Bears defense stepped it up in this game. Obviously much different when Keenum and Bradford, but they got sacks. They still sacked Keenum. They were still defending the ball well. Uh, the problem was the running they, they started, The running game started finding holes after Keenum came through because he was completing passes. So it it gave some ability to that play action to start working, and, and Murray and, and McKinnon were starting to, to find the holes there. But... Uh, can you fault that defense at that point? I feel like no. they were holding on, holding on, and then just 
Because it got mean, too much. There, there's only so much that you can do, and at that point, time of possession just becomes a major factor. They were finally getting a bit of relief in the second half themselves as Trubisky was able to help put together some semblance of drives. But once you get 70, 75, 80 plays, you are gassed. Hmm. Yeah, certainly. And, and you had the – it took a fake punt pass to Benny Cunningham for the Bears to finally get on the board. I mean – That was interesting. It is hard. It's not hard for to get me to scream obscenities at my screen when I'm wondering what's happening, but it's hard to look like you give a crap any less than Jay Cutler, especially when you're throwing a touchdown. Pat O'Donnell was like, oh, here's a ball. I don't feel like kicking it here. Bye. Oh, hey. hey he had to sell it really well. I mean... <laughs> That's, but, that's part of it. He's not shocked that he has the ball. Just act like it's no big deal. Oh, touchdown. Good job by Benny Cunningham to break a tackle, too. But just, exactly. Now, with that, I figure, hey, they're going to get a first down. Hey, wait a minute. He's still running. But O'Donnell was just like, eh, whatever. I, I don't care. Here, you do something with it. I mean, jeez. <laughs> And that it, finally started the positive stuff for the Bears. Yes, and then you call the reverse pitch on the two-point conversion. It's like, uh, okay, John Fox, when did you and your OC actually figure out an offense? Where is this coming from? Well, because you can do different things with Mitchell Trubisky as opposed to Mike Lennon, you know, because Trubisky can actually throw the ball. But... <laughs> I, I think also, you know, it should be commended Trubisky's run on that third and 13 to get the first down on that same drive. The They got some help on the offsides to get him the first down, and then it led to that bootleg that Sandejo tips in the air in the end zone and then lands into the hands of Zach Miller. Just uh, a nice, uh, awkward way to get your first touchdown, but he'll take it. Exactly, especially when at that point you're in a position to tie the game. And I honestly didn't think that Miller was going to catch it. He was just like, hey, wait a minute. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate when that happens because Trubisky was about to have that sort of dream first start with you're possibly going to get the last chance at the ball with about two minutes left or so. And then that interception happens, and it trains the whole tide of the game, and Minnesota winds up winning. But it, he didn't have a spectacular first start. Um, no. But I think you saw the positive signs, right? And you also saw the how limited they are on offense. Just they have no receivers. And again, going back to – what we said when we were previewing the game, they did a lot of the same things that they did with Trubisky in the preseason. Not a lot of straight dropbacks. It was mostly naked boots, some sort of bolstering with the running game, limit him to only half the field to work with, then try to open things up as you go along. 
And even with the touchdown pass to Miller, he was scrambling, rolling to his right, then waved Miller back to his left in order to get the throw where it had to be. Yeah, it's... I mean, that was a good thing. He threw across his body. Again, lucky that the ball got tipped and into Miller's hands. But still, a touchdown that counts. Just, uh, again, two mistakes that allowed six points that were important in the game. And that, you know, the the getting the ball slapped out of your hands by a guy coming to make a sack, not really your fault. Uh, no. The interception, kind of your fault there. Um, Got to learn to read that better. But rookies are going to make mistakes. Uh, we'll talk about another one that m- makes plenty of them. Uh, and just, I think overall, though, the positives are there Yeah, uh, for him. Give him more time. Give him more reps now that you've decided that he is going to start. And in a couple of weeks, you'll see massive improvements. Also, it didn't hurt. It didn't help that uh, Jordan Howard went out in this game and they were left to only Tariq Cohen. And I think that creates a problem because he's not the same type of runner. And, uh, I mean, he did fine on that jet sweep or whatever, but when he had to just run th- between the tackles or make some kind of crazy try to run to the outside, it didn't work for him. When he's coming off of having a Howard run, he does better. And uh, that was... That was sort of limiting there for for the Bears as well. But it's just like when you only have Kendall Wright and Zach Miller makes an appearance here and there and Sims is, you know, dropping the passes. uh, I guess he thinks he's still playing with the Dolphins. And, (laughs) you know, just uh, they had that new kid McBride drop a pass, a deep pass. I mean, uh, he was also called he was also the one called in the offensive pass interference that that got called back. I mean, so just unfortunate for the Bears in various portions here, but also got to give credit to the Vikings and Case Keenum for that horrendous first half at Bradford. And then they come in, settle the team down and Hey, he led them to two touchdown drives. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's all you can ask from your quarterback, right? Yeah, and especially coming in like he did. I mean, well done. Have you seen the last of Bradford for the Vikings? My gut's telling me no. But again, if this keeps up and Keenum has a decent season with Bradford's injury history, and again, the dark cloud that is Teddy Bridgewater hanging over you throughout the uh, upcoming off season. And eh. yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's the last of Bradford either. I'm sure they'll find a reason to want to start him, but if uh, Keenum keeps not necessarily winning, but putting in good performances where you could point to other reasons as to why the Vikings lost, I think, Mm-hmm. You might need to continue with what you got there. But all right, let's move on from this Monday night game. Uh, we will, have, I'm sure, have more to talk about with Mitchell Trubisky and Keenum and, and what those teams are doing. But 
let you know you were talking about injuries and I think no team was hit harder with injuries in one game than the New York Giants receiving core uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers none worse than Odell Beckham getting hurt with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter going up for a pass and fracturing his ankle he is done for the season Brandon Marshall is also having season-ending surgery on his ankle uh Dwayne Harris broke his foot, and Sterling Shepard has some sort of ankle problem as well, and he was helped off the field. So right now, you got Greg Lewis and Evan Ingram if you're Eli Manning, and that's about it. (laughs) You might have to start using those plethora of backs uh, that you got there to throw out there as receivers. But either way you slice it here, this is a team that you should have beat if you're the Giants. We talked about this being a must-win game at home, and you lose. You're 0-4, Chargers 0-4, unlucky. And finally, for once, they win a close game. And ugh. I would assume with this one, there's a little bit of a fire under McAdoo's seat. I mean, yes, the injuries, if you want to call it like this, sort of bail him out a little bit. But no, this was a very easily winnable game against a talented but very unlucky team. Now you're the unlucky ones. What are you going to do? They did have Travis Rudolph in the on the practice squad, so uh, he they get to bring him back. He proved very well uh, important in the in the preseason. So and then uh, Tavares King also coming up there as well. Uh, I like the Travis Rudolph. I think if Sterling Shepard can get healthy, don't know if he's going to miss any time between Rudolph and Evan Ingram and Lewis. Uh, Greg Lewis Jr., who's been doing well, I think they'll be okay. It's just without Odell Beckham, they've proven that that team is very different. And he is that cog that makes that team go. And I don't know. If the Giants had a better backup at this point, one that you might actually want to look at, I wonder if you say... If especially if you lose a couple more, eh, hey, Eli Manning, maybe we sit you. But do you think that the Giants are now in contention for? Maybe they're looking at one of these quarterbacks that that's coming out of this draft class. Possibly because let's face it, look at how long Eli Manning's been in the league. We're talking closing in on 15 years. Time's starting to wind down a little bit. And how he's running around and getting beat up this season kind of speeds up that clock. I think it's time. He might know that he's winding down. And I think the Giants, Mira family and all know, yeah, 
maybe it's time to wind things down. With the uh, offensive line problems, doesn't help either. No, no. And I think that's the one thing, if they can shore up the offensive line, they'd be willing to give Manning another season. But that's it. Yeah, you really have to give him a pocket that can protect instead of him having to figure it out, run for his life, try to make the pass. And even then, I thought he was doing well. It's just then he loses all his weapons, and it's like, God. You know, just just awful. Uh, but they, these will not be the only guys we're talking about when we're talking about people being injured. There was injuries all across uh, games this uh, this week. It felt like a lot of people got injured. Uh, it turned this... into a mash unit out there. Yeah, for real. And it's just... Uh, well, it almost feels like almost every game we're going to talk about here, there's an injury or there's a previous injury that affects the game. Uh, but let's let's focus on, and this pertains to you because one of your teams played in this game, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense showed up again. And <sighs> after the game, Ben Roethlisberger was asked, what was that about? And he said, maybe I don't have it anymore. He's been talking about winding things down for about the last year and a half himself. The fact that he's got the stats, he's got the rings, he's got nothing else to prove. And I know nothing's officially come out, but I've heard a lot of stuff in the rumor mill about this being his last season anyways. This just kind of adds fuel to that fire because... For the first time in his career, five interceptions. Two of them returned for touchdowns. I'm sitting there watching this game with my mouth gaping. It's like, what is happening? What is going on? What What are the Jaguars doing? More importantly, what is the Steelers' offense doing? It. How did this happen? Things don't get better for them. They got to play the Kansas City Chiefs next week. But yeah, there were so many passes in that game that you're going like, where are you throwing to? Do you not see that guy there? Yeah. He's going to pick that off. Like, Barry Church runs it in for a touchdown. He had a comment. He said he definitely appeared flustered. Uh, we were showing him multiple looks. He'd go first look, third look, man, and he would get flustered trying to make one of those miraculous Big Ben plays. Malik Jackson said he looked good. He thought Big Ben still looked good and that people shouldn't sleep on the Steelers, and I don't think people should. You can just have one bad game, but at home, five interceptions, that's just, man. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, though, we've seen this, right? People were ready to say Brady look old. And then what did he do? He goes out and has all these games he's been having. That's why I told everybody just calm down when it comes to Tom Brady. And I'm going to tell everybody to calm down a little bit to Ben Roethlisberger because I still do not have faith in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You crush the Texans, look at what they've done. You crush the Ravens, look at what they've done. You crush the Steelers... 
Look at what they've done. Then on the other side of the coin, Tennessee, you get it handed to you. And lest we forget the 35 seconds away, Canton Zorro, maybe somebody may or may not want to pull a Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan on him, kicks the game winner to avoid a tie. Yeah, but that's that's just a weird uh, weird stat line for Roethlisberger. 210 career games. He's never had a game with no touchdowns and four more interceptions. And it's just, I think that's the, I think they found how they could win, but you're not going to get that every game. Two pick sixes and that many turnovers. That's, that's one of those that you got handed a gift and then you turn it over to a Leonard Fournette. And he absolutely just told everybody, all right. We're going home with this one. He gets a two-yard touchdown early in the game and then ends it completely with a 90-yard touchdown run. Just well, nuts. majority of that, he was just open, 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 goodbye. Dude's a beast. Yeah. I was like, well, at least I know now. We have a very capable front office who knows what they're doing as far as drafting and free agency. Just see how we screw this up. Yeah, it's just I'm saying, like, I they have done a good job of hiding Blake Bortles, but I think Blake Bortles is going to come to bite them in certain games where they get behind and they can't run the Fournette and they have to rely on Bortles. And, you know, th- that's going to cost them, I think. I just don't think they can win every game like this. They can run the ball effectively. That's going to keep them in games, and that defense is going to do well enough. But what if they don't get turnovers? That's an issue. It's a major issue. And honestly, I think the next step is looking for a more consistent quarterback. If not free agency, the draft, something. Because Bortles, I really think that he's shown he's really not going to cut it consistently. Chad Henney is Chad Henney. Game over. Yeah, you don't want to have to play with Chad Henney at all. I've seen Uh, Chad Henney. I've seen Chad Henney live and in person. And I'm glad that I only had to pay $7 that entire day and get good and drunk because, yeah, against the Patriots, no less. Kind of fitting that I wore a red shirt that day. It's a long story. (laughs) Well, this team is somehow tied with the Patriots and the Bills in first place right now. Okay. Uh, they beat Jacksonville, they beat Cleveland, and they beat Buffalo? No, they lost to Buffalo. Okay, who was the other team that they beat? They beat Miami. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, 
I'm sorry. You beat a team whose offensive line coach. I mean, can we call it what it is? Dude was snorting coke. All right. Let's just throw that out there. Oh, you. These are the teams that they beat. They're only in first place on a technicality. Okay. Josh McCown is going to do Josh McCown things. And the next thing you know, they'll lose five or six games in a row. And all will be right with the world. Ah, man. I, yeah, look, this is still, this roster, it's, uh, and also Bilal Powell got hurt uh, during this game, and he was, he didn't come back. uh, So that's a blow if he has to miss any kind of time to the Jets. But I feel like, we have to remember that this game was what three nothing in the mm-hmm. first half, and the Browns missed field goals, so that's important. But not not to take anything away from Josh McCown doing his thing and and getting that offense moving, the defense doing a really good job of knocking Deshaun Kaiser out of the game again. He had two more turnovers inside the Jets' 10-yard line. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> now here's my thing, though. Now, Kevin Hogan did once again sort of get them out of it. But I feel like what is the point of starting Kaiser if you're going to take him out of the game and replace him with a guy that's sort of equally on his level, Kaiser's never going to learn. Because you only had pressure to start Deshaun Kaiser. That's it. And everybody no, but, thought But what's was the going point to... of starting him? He's not going to learn as a rookie if he doesn't get through the mistakes himself. I completely agree with you, but again... This is how Cleveland operates. They don't. Oh, I, I think Hugh Jackson's just desperate to win, and I get that point. He wants to win because he feels like his job's on the line here. Well, when you're what now, one in twenty? Of course, your job is on the line. I know, Even but in- okay, but why not start Kessler or or Kevin Hogan from the beginning and go? That, okay, we're gonna. Every everybody's gonna want Kaiser. And every and the okay, problem, but you know it's what? Not just, but it's not just to Jackson. And this is my point. He started Deshaun Kaiser because he was under pressure to start to start Deshaun Kaiser because they drafted Deshaun. Well, supposedly Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser also won the job. And the fact that everybody expected Kaiser to be a miracle worker, not so much Hugh Jackson, but the fans, because everybody's craving something. Because let's face it, the Browns have been utter crap. For the better part of 20 years, save for a couple of blips. Everybody wanted him to be the guy just like they wanted Brady Quinn and just like they wanted all these other quarterbacks that they drafted, like they wanted RG3, like they wanted every one of the 32 guys they've had since 99 to be the man. Okay, I get that point. I get that point. But again, to me... Just don't even bring Kaiser back in, then. 
Yeah, Do not I, start him the next game then. And I agree because all of these people that want Kaiser to be the man are entirely impatient. No, but it's not a, it's not about impatience. It's I get it. He might have won the job in training camp and all that stuff, but again, you don't learn by pulling him. No, because like again, they're impatient because they figure, hey, he's all this and that. Hey, he won the job. Hey. He might actually do something meaningful. These people don't understand that doing something meaningful takes time, takes learning through these mistakes and these hard knocks and these rough games and these interceptions whenever coming back and being able to overcome. They just don't allow him or any other their quarterbacks to really do that. Yeah, to, to me, it's just. Just start Kevin Hogan the rest of the season now. There's no point of bringing Kaiser back in. You benched him. If Kevin Hogan is the guy that gives you the best chance to win, then you need to play him. Let him get a run of games. See if he does any better. And see if the Browns get some wins. And if he doesn't. And if he doesn't, then you know that you're now once again – You've done it for two years now. You need to take one of these quarterbacks. And uh, there's a lot of people that are talking right now. I, I've I've heard podcasts with scouts that are saying that, especially the way Darnold's playing, he keeps playing like this, he may not come out. He might wait another year to see if he has a better year. So you're down one quarterback. You're looking at, you know, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, you're looking at, you know, some of the other guys, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, which I think I would advise Cleveland not taking. No. Uh, because you don't even know if this guy's going to be a quarterback at at the next level. And, you know, listen, you got to just see who's the best one and draft a QB in round one and and go from there because – Listen, let's let's also look at it this way. There's been no running game for this team either. The running game that was there the year before, not here. And that's probably because, you know, teams are stacking the box, knowing that if we make Kaiser beat us, he's not going to because he holds the ball too long. Right. right. Makes turnovers, just... <sighs> I, I don't know. It, that's going to, for me, the problem with Kaiser is going to take more than a practice week. That's going to take a training camp to get him to stop doing that. Yeah. And that's why I say if these fans and everybody else has patience and don't just put on this public pressure for Hugh Jackson or anybody else to pull the trigger, you can do something right. But to the fans, to the front office, everybody's like, gotta win, gotta win, gotta win, gotta not suck, gotta not suck. Well, hey, if you're a miserable, horrible, putrid, unwatchable team where fans come to wear brown bags on their heads for five, six years, while you actually, you know, build a franchise, damn it, so be it. They just don't want to sit through that and everything gets perpetuated. So, unfortunately, whatever quarterback they draft, watch us sit right back here 
this time in 2018 and will be saying the same thing. Well, Hugh Jackson said he's not ready to pick who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, I mean, you know, at Kaiser, it's Hogan, obviously, when you go 16 to 19, he threw an interception, but he also threw for two touchdowns and almost threw for 200 yards, while uh, Kaiser went for 8 of 17 for 87 and threw an interception and also fumbled the, the pitch, creating the two turnovers in the, you know, Jets 10-yard line. But it it's just, honestly, if you're Hugh Jackson, I get it, you got to look at the tape, got to look at the tape, whatever, whatever. Just bench Kaiser, start Hogan, let him get a run of games, see what happens. If not, you know what you got with both guys, okay? You know what you got with both guys, and that's it. Now you know. If Hogan's not good enough, then you know the quarterback that we need is not on this team, and you got to go for another one and see if if that guy beats out Kaiser next next training camp or whatever. But listen, uh, I think we talked way too much about this game and not enough about the Jets doing – more with less right now. Todd Bowles better be in the coach of the year conversation because them getting three wins. Look, they've beaten bad teams, okay? They've beaten bad teams. But, uh-huh. but still, you got the, you won three games. That's three games people didn't think you were going to win. Right now, mm-hmm. they're doing more with less than, than they should be. Let's see what they – you know, next week is very important to, to see if that has any legs beyond being the bad teams. But – but still, I feel like Josh McCown's doing enough. And we we talked about that. This team could be different with Josh McCown being the quarterback. And they've proven that. The receivers are, are working. Uh, I think Bilal Powell is going to be a big blow if he has to miss any time. And the defense is, is doing enough. So, uh, you know, uh, you got to give credit uh, to them. I'll uh, give them credit well. if they get to six. I think they can get to six. I, I think if you're a Jets fan, I wonder what you feel because, yeah, they're winning, but they're also... You you, you, you don't want to talk to Jets fans right now. Trust I, me. I don't know. Randy keeps uh, laughing about it. He says, I can't believe we're tied with the Patriots and Bills for first okay. place. And the reason that is is because the Bills lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. A.J. Green, 189 yards. You know, most of that came on a 77-yard touchdown pass. Okay, but you take away that. That's still 112. Where did he I'm just saying the Bills. The Bills, what's going on with this defense here? Everybody was talking about how great they were. I said, watch it. This feels like one of those trap games. Here we go. Andy Dalton, 22 of 36, 328 yards. Okay, I, I just, Bo Lazor is, you know, point, 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 just throw, you know, they're, they're learning how to throw it all over the field here. And, yeah, uh, they, they did the same thing against Green Bay. The only difference is they actually, you know, held on and didn't choke. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. The Bills did choke this one away. And I don't, I don't know what to say. I They were due for one of these. Uh, Tyrod Taylor throwing an interception that that sealed it, but it's just 
and I, I, I think it's just, I'm just saying, like, it, it says a lot about the offensive coordinator change, how good the Bengals have looked. And this is a Bills team. Everybody was starting to to ride the coattails. I, I I'm gonna say this, and uh, I forgot to mention it. Charles Clay going out hurts a lot for the Bills because that is the Tyrod Taylor get out of jail guy. When he mm-hmm. can't find someone, he finds Charles Clay, uh, and he was having to throw a lot of passes to the Sean McCoy. Uh, so, you know, I I think. Even with the Bengals' problems defensively, where they were missing guys, I, I think that Charles that Charles Clay injury is going to be big for the Bills going forward. Uh, depending on how long he's got to be out, but yeah, you could feel it in this game it, the, how different it was. Vontaze Burfick was big in this game. Um, you know, it's. Even with losing Adam Jones and Drake or Patrick, they they still were able to put on a performance. And again, got to give it to Andy Dalton's looked really good since Bo Lazers come in. Absolutely, they they finally figured out something that plays more to Dalton's strengths and with the weapons they have. And I noticed the running game, how they're mixing it up a little bit more with the Mixon and Bernard. That helps really take the pressure off so Dalton can get a better flow into the game. And again, A.J. Green has magically reappeared. Yeah, hey, but that's what you need. That's your star receiver, the guy you're paying the big bucks, or once the once the big bucks, you got to earn it, and he's doing that. Uh, speaking of earning it, Carson Wentz is earning it. Three touchdowns. Uh, in this game, the defense just whacked Carson Palmer all the time. And what can you say? Freaking Nelson Aguilar, they made him look like a superstar on the 72-yard score. He cuts back and jukes the guy after he already knows what he's going to do. I mean, hey. insane. Oh. Sometimes you just get the perfect timing when you hit the button on Madden. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> I'm just saying that's insane. Insane. Uh, Torrey Smith gets that big touchdown. I just, man, this team looks incredible. The Eagles. Do. They put they put that one away in the first quarter. Yeah, it, it Everything was, else was a formality. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the the Cardinals' defense is nowhere near uh, what it used to be, and then obviously it doesn't help that the that offense, Sands Larry Fitzgerald is when you I don't know what's what's up here with with Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer is old, he cannot move. Why are you not putting in extra blockers to help? I just, I just don't get this. A, they don't have them, and B, even if you yes, put them Yes, they do. They have three tight ends that they use. Uh, and, and you really expect them to go in and try to manipulate things off of 11 and 21 sets? Come on now. They're going to have even to drop with... some of those sets. If they don't protect Carson Palmer, they're going to have Drew Stanton throwing the freaking ball or Matt Barkley, and that's worse. Hey, at least they got rid of Ryan Lindley, who's finally throwing Ryan touchdown Lee. passes. 
This is just in Canada. Why? Anyway, it's just, I feel like this is just ridiculous from Bruce Arians' part, who now finally admits he did something wrong. You have got to protect the man. You're only asking for it at this point. You have no David Johnson. Without him, your offense changes into a passing first offense. If you don't protect Palmer, you're just asking for him to go out, and then that the season is pretty much over. You're lucky you're two and three right now, okay? You're still in it in that NFC West because of the Seattle beating the Rams. Not, but but, it, but you know, yeah, but how long is that going to last? We'll see. I, they they've all got to play each other. And when you get into divisional games, it's a much different deal than when you play other teams. So. You know, and everybody's still got to play the 49ers. So, you know, well, we'll get to that. But but Seattle's defense absolutely stopped Jared Goff in that offense in this this game. Ten points. Yeah, but you, and you know what? The Rams still had a chance to win. If that pass on fourth down was just a little bit more crisp, those well, final Cooper Cup should have th- caught the third down pass, but should have absolutely. Yeah, it was just one of those two passes, just yeah, a hair's breadth different. You're talking about a 17-16 Rams win. Yeah, but five turnovers. You shouldn't win if you commit five turnovers. I'm sorry. I've seen teams do it before. I you've seen teams do it, but you shouldn't win. And Seattle. Did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I think the Greg Zerline missing a freaking chip shot. That's also just well, after you make seven field goals against the Cowboys and you miss that. It's it, it's crazy, crazy to me. But higher leg maybe. <laughs> you had a week. Come on. But you made seven field. You had. Goals. That's all you do. Not That's everybody. all you do. Come on. Come on now. He's like Rob Baronis who will make eight in a game and then Cut. go out and do his thing the very next week. Come on Cut. now. No. That's all he does is kick the ball. Come on. That's that's ridiculous. I, I No, I, we should give credit to the Rams defense too. They absolutely were in there hitting Russell Wilson. They They forced two interceptions on him. Uh, of course, Roman was on a stupid trick play uh, as well. Doug Baldwin didn't have anywhere to go. Jimmy Graham was the one that caught the touchdown. I I just, it was a defensive game. And yes, you can say that the Rams still had a chance to win, and they certainly did. Uh, but they got a little bit of their own medicine because it was very much like that Cowboys game where the Cowboys had a chance to win and, and the Rams stopped them. The Seahawks uh, stopped them as well. But uh, that's when you have five possessions that go inside the Seahawks' twenties, mm-hmm. and you only get ten points. I think that tells you a story. Yeah, right you kind of deserve to lose because I, I, I mean, come on, the Seahawks do not give you that many chances. You have to cash in, and the Rams just not only didn't, but they really just couldn't. 
Yeah, I think the Rams got to be kicking themselves after that game that they could have won it and didn't. Uh, a, a game I think a lot of us, you know, thought that with Derek Carr not being the quarterback, the Raiders were going to have a tough road, and they certainly did because they were quickly down 14 nothing uh, after a fumble on a catch and then a run back all the way for a touchdown. Uh, Mike Wallace had a heck of a game, 133 yards. And uh, Joe Flacco looked like Joe Flacco again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is the Raiders' secondary. I mean, yeah, I'm glad to say it's the Raiders' secondary, and on offense, it's still EJ Manuel. Hey, EJ Manuel actually threw a touchdown to Michael Crabtree. He he kept the drive going uh, that got the Marshawn Lynch touchdown. A so, touchdown. A drive. I'm sorry, but if your defense is playing like Swiss cheese, you can't just be Gouda. Yeah, but it doesn't help that Amari Cooper is just, oh, where the hell has he been? I just, okay, I got to call myself out for that one. I'm sorry, folks. That, wow. Oh, God. And I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like Amari Cooper just, he doesn't like it to get bumped. Nope, like, he doesn't. He, he's he's having the guy get right in his face, and he doesn't know what to do about that. I mean, yeah, because he's just used to catch, couple yards open space, run, catch with a yard of open space, run, catch, run, catch, run. I just, you know, it it's difficult. It's. I don't know, but I, I thought E.J. Manuel did well enough. It's just when your star receiver is not around and not doing enough here, that's a problem. Michael Crabtree got the touchdown, but it, it, when you're in a big hole like they were against the Ravens, that's hard to climb out of. And uh, It looks like Derek Carr is already trying really hard to make sure he starts next week because, let's be honest, Yes, all those teams in the AFC West have hard schedules, but the Raiders can't afford to lose any more games with the way the Chiefs are playing, and the Broncos have been looking good, too. No, and the fact that poor Derek Carr tried to even be out there on Sunday. He shouldn't have to be. Yeah, he tried and tried, but they finally just said no, and I'm like, uh, what does that tell you about the situation with the team? I, I think they, well, yeah, but they, that's your star quarterback. You just paid him $25 million a year to be out there. I mean, he's doing what he can. He knows that they need him. Exactly. You know what? Again, I'm not faulting him for trying, but back fractures and things like that are still no joke. Yeah, I know I, it's not. I, just, uh, they got to be careful with it, but if he feels he's ready to go, I mean, like I said, and Tony Romo, much older, he only missed one game. So, I mean, that that's that's there for him if they he wants to be there for next week, but he really is uh, trying to. Oh, and then we get to this Dolphins-Titans game, let me tell you. Oh, yay. Wow. Just so bad. Maybe some of the so players bad. need to 
Maybe the, some of the players needed to have raided that coach's supply. <laughs> I, I don't know, but Jay Cutler looked absolutely awful until he was able to get the touchdown pass to, to Jarvis Landry. And then you had Rashard Jones return um, Matt Castle's fumble. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Matt Castle's awful. He should not be playing at this point. Hey, you saw hey. how bad he was with the Cowboys. I mean, hey, that means that they can go to Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon is at least can throw the ball. I, I just no. Oh, I'm Marcus Mariota cannot come up, come back fast enough. I'm just going to say, you ridiculed me for a bunch of these games that I said that they will be terrible and I was rooting for ties. I said, why are you rooting for ties? Ties are bad. No, they're not. <laughs> you don't want that when the postseason comes around. Oh, i got to figure out what this tie is going to do. A half, a, like, and a half a loss. Done. Uh, no. Let's not do that, but... <sighs> I, I don't know what to say. Miami got out of there with a win. You needed it. But, God, they look so bad. I don't. Uh, Jay Cutler looks old. The fans are chanting for Matt Moore. If I'm Adam Gase, Jay Cutler plays like that in the first half of the next game, he's out. But no. Matt Moore in. Jay Cutler was the dream guy. Adam Gase was going to work with him. He gave Jay Cutler his best season ever and blah, 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 blah. Hey, you know what? You can only go on history. (laughs) You know, I think it's just he was just out of the game too long. And he was already, you know, Mr. Shrug My Shoulders and I Don't Care. So then he's out of the game that long, and what do you know? He's even worse. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting around thinking more about donuts and calling games and not giving a rat's ass when you're out on a trick play, just go home now. Just go. No one's stopping you. Yeah. uh, Speaking of no one stopping, no one is stopping the Chiefs. Uh, Sunday night football. Now, let's be fair. J.J. Watt going out 14 plays in is no joke. Uh, Tibbler plateau fracture. He's out of the game, out of out for the season with that. J.J. Oh, Watt. This uh, guy J.J. got to be the unluckiest great player. J.J., if I'm you... You may hate me for saying this, but, bro, you may need to hang it off. Quality of life, sir. Think about quality of life. Exactly. Look at everything you did for the city of Houston. No one would be mad at you. You could do a lot of very excellent philanthropic things, but, bro, the universe is giving you a sign. You don't need to be on a football field. It's not meant for Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's not meant for you, J.J. It doesn't help at all either that they lost their captain, Whitney Merciless, too. Tone pictorial, he's out for the year. But, I mean, they still 
another big day from Deshaun Watson, and that last-second touchdown made the scoreline a little nicer. Congratulations for everybody who took the over. Yeah, congratulations for everybody who took the over, but I think that certainly played a part in no J.J. Watt, no Whitney Merciless, but the Chiefs just looked dominant. Uh, Travis Kelsey also went out of this game with a concussion. That's a big deal. And then Chris Conley ruptured Achilles tendon. that he is out for the rest of the year. And he is a very underrated guy that you don't think about uh, because he's not Tyreek Hill, who had a huge game at a punt return for a touchdown. Or was it a kick? Yeah, I mean, he had his moment. He had the other long – he had the other touchdown. Uh this wasn't a Kareem Hunt game. This was a Charkendrick West, Alex Smith, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They couldn't stop Travis Kelsey for large parts of this game. Uh, then he went out, and I think that's when things started changing a bit for the Texans. But, look, uh, we talked about this in the chat, and, uh, you know, our resident Chiefs fan didn't want to give Deshaun Watson any credit for the touchdowns. I have to give him some because you have to have the athleticism to make some of those plays, some of those throws that he did. Yes, the Chiefs defense made him kind of run for his life, but the fact that you were able to scramble and still have enough of a pocket presence to make some of those throws, that deserves at least something. Yeah, I mean, but those those are still big throws you got to make, and DeAndre Hawkins has to go up there and make that catch. That yeah, it could have been intercepted, but he made the catch. Will Fuller has turned this team. I mean, I mean, it's amazing to see that for two weeks, Will Fuller's been around. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is now thrown for eight touchdowns. Will I mean, Will Fuller? He's at complimentary guy to Hopkins, but he's slowly becoming more of that number one guy for Watson, and that's what he needs. And yes, he made the big throws, Watson did, and Hopkins did high point the ball kind of in double coverage on a big catch, but the fact that now you have to focus so much more about on Fuller, because Watson's doing it, that makes it easier for Hopkins. That makes it tougher on your average defense. Yeah, the Deontay Foreman fumble also was a big big thing for the game that could have changed it and put things more in Houston's favor. Uh, you also had the uh, – I, I just think, honestly, it's just – look, 14 touchdowns in four games is not a joke. No. And he has played very well for what he's he's been able to do. He's made plays with his legs. He's scored touchdowns with his legs. He's gone and made the throws. I mean, yeah, does he? It's. I think it's just like Dak. Are there things you can knock him for? Sure, you can. I'm not saying call him elite right now, but he's doing very, very well. And yep. out of the rookie quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson is performing like you would expect him to for a guy that won the national championship the year before. And... Mm-hmm. And he's the best damn quarterback Houston's had in ever. So, you know, like, I mean, it's not saying much with the crew of quarterbacks they've had, and it's not going to take very much for him to beat the glory days of Matt Schaub. 
the short number that those were. But it's just mentioned the franchise has only been around 15 years. I'm just saying, like you know, and their first quarterback who really didn't do much has a seat at at the NFL Network. So, you know, that couldn't do much because they drafted a quarterback. They just didn't get an offensive line to protect said quarterback. Oh, and Houston's offensive line's not doing much better protecting Deshaun Watson either. So no. Uh, but I'm willing to meet people halfway. He is an elite rookie. He is uh, a rookie. I, that, that's he's not overall. He's an elite rookie quarterback. Yeah, and I think as a short list of people you're going to put for rookie of the year, Kareem Hunt's obviously number one on that. And then I don't think Deshaun Watts is too far off that list. You know, oh, you're, down you're, the you're list either. Like one and one A at this point. I can't think of too many other contenders. Yeah, I, I think also Lamar Miller's looked better uh, as well because you're you're doing so much down the field passing and it opens up the running uh, for him and mm-hmm. Foreman. So I feel like this team's going to be something to reckon with. They'll probably get a win in Cleveland. Everybody beats Cleveland. It's no big deal. But do not be surprised at all if Houston's still winning this division despite the injuries uh, defensively. So yeah, but. The- I don't know. I mean, it doesn't help either that the Jaguars are what they are. It's hard to imagine they can keep that up for the amount of games that they have. This division is just too, too weird. And even with Mariota, the Titans haven't looked that good either. So Yeah, this division is just too weird. I Houston could win. Mariota comes back. Tennessee could still win. I mean, the only team that you really have to count out is Indianapolis. I don't know about that, because here we go. Here comes Andrew Luck. He's pretty quick to, to be in back. And guess what? Another win for Jacoby Brissett, who looked good in this game, by the way. He was keeping uh, things going with his legs. He was throwing to T.Y. Uh, Hilton. Uh, I'm just saying. they were. He was uh, a really, really, really bad interception by him at the goal line. Like, that's that's really bad. Can't throw that. Keep in mind, don't you think that there was a little bit of pressure to win when you're unveiling the statue? Yeah, there's a little bit of pressure to win, but we've seen this happen, and they lose on, on big events, okay? We saw Brett Favre have his moment with the Packers, and I think they lost that game So uh, to the Bears. So I, I just think that, it's not a done deal because somebody shows up and you're going to have this great moment for them. Uh, Marlon Mack looked really good as well. Uh, Frank Gore had his moments, but Marlon Mack was the star of the show here uh, for the team. And again, T.Y. Hilton has another really good game against uh, lesser competition. But, you know, Brian Hoyer, for me, is just... Not doing enough. He had the fourth quarter drive that that forced the overtime. But before then, where were you at? So it just, you know, maybe you got to give some credit to the Colts defense. But Adam Vinatieri, the ageless one, gets the field goal for the win in overtime. And the Colts win. Almost went to a tie. You almost got that one. See, that was another one. That's why everybody is like, oh, Indianapolis, don't look now. Okay, and then say Andrew Luck finally comes back after three games, and then he gets tweaked again. 
let's see. Let's see. Look, uh, Jacoby Brissett's been decent. So, you know, if you could play decently and the running game can keep things going, I mean. Yeah, I'm not a fan. In that division, yeah, division, I don't know if you can count any ever, anybody. <sighs> I... I don't know. Maybe I'm pessimistic about this. Maybe I'm pessimistic about the Colts. But I don't see Jacoby Brissett keeping this up if he ain't in New England. And he ain't in New England. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I think in New England he was always going to struggle with all the pressure and everything. I think with the Colts it's a much different deal. Uh, he knows that Andrew Luck's going to come back. He doesn't have the same pressure. So... I feel like he can be a little bit more free-flowing, and uh, that's what he's doing right now. Look, I'm not saying that he's uh, on the level of uh, any of these other guys that we're seeing, but he's doing enough to get them to win games, and that's what you need right now. Yeah, he's doing barely enough to not tie. Whoop-dee-doo. Hey, still not a tie. Uh, Cam Newton continues to just, hey, look, I said what I said to a reporter. Big deal, lose my sponsorship. Ah, whatever. I'm still going to keep going out here and getting points. And Kelvin Benjamin gets a big touchdown. Uh, hey, hey, Kelvin, I don't need you right now. No, we, we good. Whatever. You made your decision. I'm going to ball out. Peace. Hey, speaking of balling out, Ed Dixon, bro, f- five receptions, 175 yards. What the hell happened to you, sir? That's, uh... Why do these games always happen when I'm broke? I, I just, uh, you know, it's it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that hey, you take Greg Olson out. Here comes Ed Dixon. People forgot that he was actually a pretty decent tight end in Baltimore. And then Devin Funches continues to be uh, the guy that Cam Newton looks for uh, in these games. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, they finally figured out, I think, something for him. Um and uh, Matt Stafford did not play all that well um, it, through that for those first three quarters. The Panthers' defense kind of locked him down. Uh, they st- sacked him six times. I mean, I don't think Stafford's been that hurried in a while. And no. It showed. Yeah, even against Atlanta, he still had a lot of opportunities to throw the ball, survey the field. Carolina, Julius Peppers, why they let him leave in the first place, I have no clue. But It was a money thing, and he wanted to... Hey, he won a championship out of it, so I don't think he, he can blame himself there. Eh, true, but still, welcome home. <laughs> welcome home, and I think if you're the Panthers' defense, it's still concerning that the Lions even got as close as they did. Uh, that should not have happened. Well, it's the Lions. You can never I, count them out. I'm, I'm just still they saying they should not back. have gotten that close. That Panthers defense should have shut it down. They should have, but no. Maybe I can't call it a hangover or anything like that. It's just I get it, but it's still Stafford. I can never count him out at the end if it's a one-score game. I can't. Well, the guy you ultimately can never count out at the end does it again. Aaron Rodgers, 
62 seconds, 75 yards, 9 plays on the final drive to catch a touchdown. Devontae Adams, Packers crushing the Cowboys again, just like in the playoff game. And just like in the playoff game, the Cowboys give the Packers too much time. Second and one, why are you passing the ball? Why are you passing the ball on second and one? You took the words right out of my mouth. You gave Aaron Rodgers a full minute? That was your problem. (laughs) Yeah, second and one, why are you throwing the ball? You run the ball. There, yeah, get even, the first down. Yeah, and even Zeke Elliott, yes, he had a couple bumps in the road, but by that time, he had gotten it together. He could have gotten you two or three on that play. Yeah, and look, it took a very smart move by Zeke Elliott to get that fourth and one. A lot of credit to him on that sky cam as well. But that and, and I don't I don't fault Dak for that interception. That's Terrence Williams dropping a pass and it goes into Demarius Randall's hands. You've got to catch that if you're you're Terrence Williams. Mm-hmm. But that changed the game because at that point Cowboys are leading. It's a different game now. You have to go in and score a touchdown. I don't. I think a lot of people were calling for the uh, Dak needed to slide at the one. You don't do that. You cannot do that because there's no guarantee that you punch it in. Uh, but you could have, on second and one, run the ball, get the first down. Then you have four downs to figure out what you're going to do and how you milk this clock. You're right. And bring it down to 40 seconds, 30 seconds. You know, and and if you want to throw a fade there, throw a fade there. If you want to, whatever you want to do, get that touchdown and give Aaron Rodgers way less time and make sure he has no timeouts. I, I To me, I much rather would have lost the game Without scoring that touchdown, knowing that Aaron Rodgers didn't get back on the field, then the way that they lost. Because immediately I said, oh my God, this defense is not going to stop him. Nope. And they didn't. And and Aaron, I think Aaron Jones was huge in this game because he he ran the ball when nobody expected him to run the ball uh, with Ty Montgomery being out. And then they were able to run on that last drive and kept things balanced and made the Cowboys have to think about it. And and that's big. And that allowed them to get in the range that they were in. There was no guarantee on the field goal because Mason Crosby had missed two extra points already in this game. I just I don't I don't know what to say. The defense let him down and clock management let him down because Dak Prescott played one hell of a game again. And uh, Zeke Elliott finally looked like Zeke Elliott. I just, I don't know what to say. It's just very disheartening to go into the bye with a big, two big crushing losses back to back like that. Hey, that's why you go get drunk. <sighs> Sadly, I could not. I had to go to work the next day. But uh, that's it. I, I think we talked about everything. Um, gonna be it's interesting okay. on. Th- you go to work the next day, do like I do, and, uh, wait, never mind. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I have to walk around the store. Um, you're going to be able to tell if I'm hungover or still drunk the next morning. Well, so, that's, that's when you do other things like I conveniently do and like I conveniently did last night. 
But man, that. I'm just saying, I'm not going to. I'm talking about you. I'm just saying in general, I'm not going to an office and sitting in a seat. I'm having to walk around a store and talk to people, and that's going to look bad on me if, you know. But. you don't do it right. I can help you with that. Very fun game that we're going to get to talk about on Thursday. Philadelphia Eagles and Carolina Panthers, both 4-1. and one. one of these teams, unless there's a tie, ugh, uh, is going to be 4-2. Why do you say, oh, I would love to see. Oh, my God. Hush with the ties. Jesus Christ. Wentz and Newton battling it out like the gladiators they are for 70 hard fought minutes. Why can't they battle it out and not tie? (laughs) Where's the fun in that? Wouldn't you love to see a 41-41 instead of a heartbreaking 38-35? You've been. I'm not an Eagles fan or a Panthers fan, so I don't care. (laughs) But yeah, it's going to be a tremendous uh, Thursday uh, game. There is. I, I don't know who's no Bills, Bengals, Cowboys, or Seahawks in Week Six, but certainly a whole host of other games. That Monday night game next week is going to be a doozy: Colts and Titans. <laughs> and you get Giants and Broncos on Sunday night. That could be interesting. But yeah, so I, I, I thought that games like Colts and Titans were reserved for the Thursday ones. Can uh, can the NFL just like magically swap these two games? Can to be fair, if Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota were the quarterbacks, I think we'd be interested. I, yeah, but I mean, seriously, can the NFL exercise some sort of double super secret flex maneuver that, that we don't know about? To kind I of think get- this is the first week where you can flex, if I'm not mistaken. But Monday Night Football, you can't. I think that's only Sunday night. That's why I say some pull some sort of double super secret triple end of round reverse zombie dog. ESPN McGillicuddy on the backside. I mean, really, make this happen. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us talking here. We'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, previewing all of NFL Week 6, talk about whatever's going on. Uh, we'll get more into some other things that didn't have to do with the games uh, then. But, all right, if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button. Uh, that gets you both of our shows, and if you subscribe to the whole W2 Network, you get everything that all of us do. Eric's one of viewer. Uh, I'm on the video game show, Wrestling. There's uh, some more football with the kickoff as well, uh, Well, which both of us are on along with Harry, Brandon, and Steven. And there's much more for you guys to check out if you subscribe to the whole W2 Network. Check out W2Net.com, LastWordOnProFootball.com, and more. We'll see you on Thursday night. Later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.